Hey, 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 welcome back to another episode of Is This Making Sense? Dialogues in the Pursuit of Wisdom, Balance, Leadership, and Everything in Between. My name is Eric Johnson. I'm here with Seth Gray, and today we're going to talk about... We're going to talk about when you do your best thinking. What time of the day? Is it morning or evening? What time, uh, day of the week? When, when do you just do your best thinking where all your best ideas come about? But the reason we're kind of talking about that is because you and I, we're, we're just struggling to create time to think. Yeah. We're yeah. just super busy right now. I just I just am struggling with my rhythms. Um, when COVID hit, like I was in a pretty good place in my rhythms. I was waking up early in the morning and making carving that at like an hour, 45 minutes to an hour every day to just to have some silence. You know, it's not a secret that you, know, you and I are, you know, men of faith. And so in the Christian walk, like we believe in a some form of a sacrificial time uh, to, to the Lord. And so that, you know, that is part of it. But I think I think it's just it's just a human need for silence and just and just time to think. And so um I was doing good with that, but when COVID hit, just all my rhythms were off. And now that we're, you know, seven months in or however many months we are into COVID, like I still haven't really found them. Like I have new ones, but even though it seems like I have more time because I'm not driving, like somehow I still have not really made that time back for silence and for thinking. I feel the exact same way. And it's interesting. You think, oh, well, if I'm saving commute time, then most likely I'm, I'm going to have more productive time in some other area. But the truth is, life fills it for you. Yeah, uh, you know, if you are not uh, active, aggressive, whatever it might be, mindful uh, with your time, life will fill your time for you, whether you realize it or not. You know, it, it's just, it's just, it's just one of those things where we're in a new season of just living, in which. Everything that we've been doing for me professionally uh, with my current job for the last 11 years is completely changed. And I don't know when it will go back to what the last 11 years were. So I'm discovering a new rhythm, if you will, uh, to new disciplines. Yeah. So I guess it was a week or two ago. I made myself get up in the morning and, and do my morning routine. It was like my brain was full of ideas. And one of them was for this podcast because I was thinking, wait a minute, I have been robbing myself of this rich kind of thinking time where I, I made all these notes. I put up all these, I had these plans. I kind of put a bunch of stuff together and, and in motion as a result of just 45 minutes of just being alone and quiet. It's like, you know what? I need to protect this time and I need to be intentional about this time because it's not going to happen any other way. And so that was where it came from. It's like just one day of making that space again. It's like, oh, wow, I forgot how valuable this is. For me, the the one thing that really got interrupted with COVID and it was the time I had. And granted, if you're thinking, man, you want to dedicate um, and you want to be disciplined to, to carve out time to think, to carve out time to just clear your head, you you would be militant about it. But life gets in the way, and the only time I really am disciplined is is that car ride from mm. my driveway to the interstate. And I talked about this in the last season um, of, of our podcast, where I've got a 10 to 11-minute drive from my driveway to the interstate. And during that time, I try so hard to not turn on a podcast, to not turn on the radio, to not whatever, and just drive in silence. And in that 10 minutes... I'm, I'm, I, I just relax. I get uh, refocused for the day. I just get clarity. I begin to have thoughts about things that I know I'm going to face in the day, 
that's ahead of me, but I'm able to just quietly reflect and just quietly just be in my thoughts. And it's just so helpful. But it's one of those things I've got to fight because especially coming off on a Monday, um, sports have finally started back up. So I'm I'm wanting to hear what everybody's saying about football. Uh, The Premier League started back up and all of soccer, La Liga, um, all the different leagues around the world, that all started back up. So I'm wanting to hear what everybody's take was on the weekend games that happened. And I know that um, I've got a limited amount of time in the car but I've got to just be so disciplined to not turn it on until I get to the interstate, and then that's like rewarding myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's I have great, great thoughts during that time, and it's only 10 minutes out of my day, mm-hmm. and I should be dedicating so much more to silence. I, I saw, I was looking up, I've said this before, but I love, you know, eight tricks every billionaire uses, or this, that, <laughs> and the other, and I was reading one the other day, it was like six, six tricks, and two of them pertain to this. One of them is as they meditate, and I'll, we'll talk more about that in a little bit. But the other one was that uh, of of like of like eighty billionaires that they interviewed, like sixty percent of them wake up three hours before the start of their day. Three hours before the start of the day. Elon Musk was one. Uh, Richard Branson. All these these you know these incredibly wealthy people. They all devote so much time not just to thinking, but fitness and these things, uh, just meditation, that kind of stuff, just to get their day starting. I think, I think getting ready for the day. Yeah. They dedicated three, three hours, hours to get ready for the day. Before their day starts. Yeah. Should have been time drive de- dedicated like three minutes. Yeah. We're talking about <laughs> 10 minutes here, but yeah, yeah, I mean, anything is a start, honestly, uh, for sure. It's just so funny that the thing that you used to, we used to resent about our, our day was it's in Atlanta is the drive. Gosh, yeah. I hate this traffic. It's the worst. I'm going to go crazy. And now it's like, man, I kind of missed that drive because even like, like I know a lot of people aren't currently listening to our podcast and it's as a result of, you know, nobody's listening to podcasts. I don't listen to podcasts right now is because I just don't have that set of time, set apart time for it. Even though I, again, I have more time in my day, but it just seems harder to carve it out, you know, for things, you know, when, when in the drive, there's nothing else to do, but to listen to a podcast, you know, it's just, it's weird. Yeah. I think I've got to learn a new way to carve things out. One of my goals this year was to get healthier and so I joined a gym and I've struggled to just carve out time for that. And I find, and I think in some of the articles that you and I have read that when you are moving, when you're exercising, um, you have time to think, you have time for those creative ideas to come about. And I've really struggled carving out time to work out. Um, so then therefore I'm also not having those uh, those creative juices flowing while I'm working out, whether it's running on the treadmill or, or lifting weights or whatever it might be. So I've, I've been struggling in that, but I know it's something I've got to get back to. Yeah. Because yeah. because creating time to think is so important. And I think, well, you have a, an example of what monks do or something well, like that. I don't I was, mean to get ahead gonna, of you, but yeah. it was something that you wrote down. I was like, oh, I, I need to hear what this is. Well, it's, it's a, it's a, I was trying to take it from where, we, where this reference was and take it all the way back because I like to bring things back to a place of faith. And so, um, so you look at some of these billionaires that, you know, they talk at, at length about what transcendental meditation does for them. And they talk about all this kind of stuff and how they do, you know, for three times a day for 30 minutes, they'll spend time in transcendental meditation. I don't really do transcendental meditation. I don't fully understand what it is, but I do know what it means to just be silent. And so I started thinking about, okay, you know, this is kind of a new agey thing, but let's look at where it has its roots. And you can take it back to like 
uh, you know, because I do, I, I, there, there's a spiritual dis- discipline called breath prayers, and it's going to, uh, you know, you breathe in a phrase, you know, um, Christ in me, Christ in, uh, Christ in you, Christ in, Christ in me, Christ in us, stuff like that. You to breathe it in, breathe it out, and it's just this breath, care to, breath prayer to kind of keep you focused. You know, there's prayer beads and different things that people use, and so I was looking about, you know, what's the, what's the historic, like, how can we take this further back and see? And so I looked back, and, you know, as, as early as the 5th century, monks were using breath prayer as a way of centering and so i just thought you know this is this is not a new thought that these billionaires are using for you know for transcendental presentation um to kind of get yourself centered because uh especially when you're operating on that high of a level uh anything you can do to 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 sharpen your mind you're going to do it and so a lot of these people are finding the same things that were true of really really early early christians uh is the same things that uh is true now for you know incredibly successful businessmen I love that. I love that because I think of it doesn't cost anything for you to take time out of your day. You know, these monks, obviously, they were not successful financially, mm-hmm. uh, but yet we're looking at the billionaires and saying, hey, what do they do? Oh, they do this. Oh, that that's awesome. It's been around well, for 2,000 years. Nothing new is under the sun. Yeah. And, and getting away or t- taking time out of your day to get rid of the noise is what I really look at it to be. It's a lot of noise. And uh, I just... It's something that I, I struggle with. I'm more of a night owl, um, and I look at the time I'm spending at night, and I'm wasting it, and there's things that I know that I could do with just turning off the noise, turning off Netflix, turning off whatever it might be, and just maybe sitting in silence, maybe journaling, whatever it might be, uh, because it's not when we're forced to, I guess is what we can get into now. It's not when you know when someone says, hey, let's have a creative strategy meeting. Mm-hmm. No good ideas are probably going to come out of that. Yeah, I think yeah. So, in, in my preparation for this, I kind of unearthed this thing that I wish I would have known a long time ago. But it talks about there's two kinds of thinking. There is divergent thinking, and then there's convergent thinking. So, divergent is is a thinking that is the process of generating and exploring a wider vi- variety of possible ideas. It's spontaneous, free flowing, and non nonlinear. So, this is where like you're conceiving of ideas. You're you're breaking. You're making something from scratch. Would be divergent. And so, divergent thinking uh, often in, when an artist is looking at a blank page. That's a good example of what you know you were trying to come up or or, or uh, a writer is looking at a blank page for a script. That's, you know, you're trying to bring something out of thin air. That's that's divergent. And science shows that 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 thinking is best done with with what they call a divided mind. So like earlier you were talking about uh, working out, you know, when you're working out, you you, you start thinking, your brain starts going to these things. And so if you ever if you've ever been in the shower and you have a thought that comes to you, it's like it's not just that you were in the quiet. It's actually because you were passively doing some other thing. Your brain was doing this other thing and and it was on autopilot. and And the other half of your brain is free. It's in this divided brain, this uh, defocused thinking mode that these thoughts, this divergent thinking happens. So Harvard uh, uh, University did a big study on basically what that is. And how I found it was thinking while doodling. And they're talking about how the the importance of doodling is because it helps you get rid of the fidgetiness. It, It lets you just free flow you know, with your body. And so I didn't think about that when I was reading about the doodling and the, the, uh, benefits of doodling and what it does to your creative thinking as it relates to a more focused divergent thinking. But yeah, that's, that doodling is really important. I can tell you my, my earliest memories of having divergent thought. And to this day, I'm realizing it's still very healthy for me to think 
is mowing the yard. Yes. When I was a kid, uh, we lived in Hope, Arkansas, and we lived on three acres. And so I would I would have to ride. It was a riding lawnmower, but I would mow that whole three acres, and it would take you know three to four ish hours that you're just sitting there, and you've got to be thinking because you've got to do. But it, you're not thinking hard. And so I just remember being so lost in my thoughts and thinking through these things. Uh, and then flash forward to today, I have a much smaller yard, and I've got two kids that like to sit on my lap when I mow. So it's not passive at all. Like I have to make sure that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm mowing well and I'm keeping my kids from falling off. So I don't have time to think. However, the other day, I'm long way to get there. I was at my parents' house and they needed me to push mow their, their backyard. And so push mowing by myself for about 45 minutes, I, about 10 minutes in, I started getting all these deep thoughts. And it's all of a sudden I was like trans ported back to being 16 mm, on the lawnmower. Yeah, it's like, oh, yeah. I forgot how much I actually love push mowing a yard or riding lawn mowing a yard because your my brain just starts flourishing with all these thoughts because, again, it's that divided, defocused mind that allows it to go on autopilot in one place and then full-blown in this other place. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Man, yeah. As much as I did hate cutting the grass at times, um, I do I do miss it. So some other examples, you know, the shower, just taking a walk, uh, folding clothes, doing dishes, anything like I used to, I worked in film. We have the, most of what you do is what's called remote shoots. And so you load all your production gear up on a truck and then you go unload it to do the shoot and then you have to, you have to unload it back. And so I would spend hours loading and unloading a truck and I, you could get so much thinking done when you're just passively unloading. So anything that you do passive is a good place for you to think about getting some thoughts done. Uh, and so the other, the, the opposite of that is divergent thinking. And so, div, uh, excuse me, convergent thinking, which is the thinking is the process of evaluating and analyzing ideas to arrive at the best, most correct, or most logical answer. It is methodical, organized, and linear. And so th- that type of thinking is when you've already got, when you've had a divergent thought, which has created some concept, and now you need to nail that thing down and finesse it and strategize it. That's when convergent thinking is, is good. And so that type of stuff, thinking is best done while focused, for example, in front of a computer or still or in silence, something like that. So, is there, is there a difference? Do they talk about the difference? Maybe divergent thinking, thinking being a uh, individual thing, and maybe convergent thinking is a group exercise, um, or is it personality based? Because I really connect with the divergent thinking, and um, when I hear convergent thinking, where I'm going to pull it all together. Um, I think of it like a, a group setting, but I don't know. I could be wrong in that. In the in the article that I was reading, most of it was individu- individualistic. However, I'm not sure it's limited to that. It was just that one article. But Sandy and I were talking about this before I, I came here, and she was talking about how, you know, it's worth talking about how some people are in internal thinkers, or how do you say it, internal and external, to where, like, I have to talk something out loud to get it and to flesh it out and to strategize it. Whereas a lot of people have to kind of dwell and think on it. And I do a little bit of both, but I think it's worth saying that it's probably personality based, you know? Yeah, I'm definitely an internal. I have to think about it. And then I probably most likely go to Hannah or someone and talk it out loud and realizing, okay, I didn't think it all the way through. And in my mind, it sounds better than it did, but Mm -hmm. it was a great idea when I first thought of it and got super excited and saw all the possibilities. And then now that I actually talk it out loud, I'm, I'm coming back more down to earth, so to say. <laughs> that happens with me, with, with you, actually, you know, because, Seth, you'll know when I have a productive morning because you'll get about 13 texts from me in the morning. What about this? What about that? What about this? What about that? It's my next big thing, and I get really excited. And by the time I say it out loud, I was like, well, that's not a good as good of an idea as I thought it was. And you'll kind of kind of just you'll uh, you're patient with me as I kind of blabber at you. <laughs> I, I love it. I love it. Because for me, I've been in some meetings before. 
uh, we were, man, I'll never forget about this one. This was about uh, eight years ago. We were in a meeting and we were coming up with the title of a new book. And it was a it was a group of people. I don't say like it was twelve people, maybe fifteen people in a room, and we were trying to come up with a title of a book. Now we had the content, we had the chapters, we had everything, and um, it was how do we what, what's the book title? So the idea was let's come up with a creative title. I felt like the meeting and those types of meetings are awful because you walk into a room and someone says we're going to have a creative meeting, and it's almost like you know when when. For me, it's my worst nightmare when someone, you know, I'm in a group of people and someone looks at me and says, hey, tell a joke. Like, I, I freeze up. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I can't tell a joke. I can't be funny, you know. And most of the time when I am funny, it's very cheesy. So those types of meetings when someone comes in and says, hey, let's be creative, I feel like nothing really creative comes out. It's when everybody goes away and was in that divergent flow, whatever it might be, that real good ideas do come out and we need to come back in afterwards. I imagine it's based on the group or the or, or whatnot because you know I watched this show called Thirty Rock, which is it's about it's a it's based on it's Tina Fey and it's based on SNL or whatever. But and they they show this writers table and these writers are around the table throwing throwing out ideas. So I imagine that you know again it's for certain groups because I bet some groups yeah. can sit there and spitball and they got such a good relationship. I listened to a podcast about how the Daily Show is created and it sounds very similar where there is a lot of by themselves, but then they bring it back to the table and they kind of flesh it all out. So I think it's a balance. Yeah, um, I, I agree with that. I just I just find that a lot of trust has to be built up yeah, when you're oh, yeah. just spitball ideas oh, yeah. and it's things a vulnerable like that. Thing. Yeah, I saw I saw this quote from this guy uh, Bill Duggan who is apparently from Columbia Business, and he says, "Your best thoughts don't come when you demand them." So if you find yourself hunched over your computer, willing an answer uh, to a tough creative problem to emerge, you'll be better served just by cutting yourself some slack and going for a stroll. Like if you're up a, up against a wall, you know, try something different. Go for a walk. You know, do do some other thing because generally that sort of divergent thinking is not going to happen. Just hunched over the a blue screen or you know an empty an empty canvas so one of the things that articles i've been reading what you and i've discussed and in a book that i i've flipped through and i'm totally blanking on the author's name but it was called sacred rest and it was the idea of what does true rest look like and why do and and she, she took a chapter of the, of the book and i'm gonna look up the doctor's name that wrote it she took a chapter of the book and was why does why do people feel like rejuvenated at the beach or the lake or whenever they go to a certain spot why, why do they feel like their creative juices are flowing and they get their best thinking done they get their best writing done and it all really came back to a According to this book, Sacred Rest. Sandra Dalton Smith. Yes, Sandra Dalton Smith. Thanks so much for looking that up. Sandra Dalton Smith. The book is called Sacred Rest. And she's a doctor and um, uh, general practitioner, uh, doctor. And uh, basically, it comes back down to break the normalcy. You know, if you're if you're stuck at your desk, you're not going to do your best creative thinking at your desk. You're not going to do your best creative thinking whatever is the routine normal thing you have to do every day it's when you break that that normalcy that is when you're allowed to have creative thoughts that's why then you know going for a walk that's that's not necessarily a normal thing a normal path that you're going to take um working out things that aren't that uh and i don't know why i'm trying to describe this other than just saying break the normalcy Mm -hmm. yeah yeah absolutely it's it's really easy to get caught up in doing something the exact same way. And, um, I, you know, I'm a creature of habit, so it's, e- it's really, really easy for me to get stuck doing the same way. 
I will say for me, honestly, so I have said it on here before, like I'm a, I take a lot of baths. Like I get all of my, I get, I think 90% of all my thinking and my thoughts from taking a bath and that there's nothing, uh, there's nothing demanding about my, my mind at that point. It's, it's strictly like, I guess that would be convergent, but to be totally honest for me, I get tons of ideas from that way. So I don't really like want to pigeonhole people into this, but, uh, I, I I did find this very interesting thinking through the idea that, uh, you know, some some thinking is is best done not at your desk. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's the thing is that our desk reminds us, and this is what I think you could want to step into next. But the book 4DX, it talks about the whirlwind. And at our desk, whether it's a home office or an office where we travel to or whatever it might be, we're reminded about everything that's constantly coming mm-hmm. at us. That whirlwind of we got to do this, the the immediate. Yeah. And the immediate is noise to a degree in terms of thinking about creative ideas and how do you have your you know uh, your best brainstorming sessions. The immediate distracts from all of that. Yeah, the whirlwind uh, you know, for every organization is that stuff that has to get done for you to stay in business. You know, the, it's those things that you that were con, uh, divergent ideas that that you fleshed out through through divergent thinking to come to be you know be to be some sort of foundation for your business that you have to get done. But it can't be so all-consuming that you don't have time for the next big thing. Because every organization needs that next big thing. And so if you're stuck in that whirlwind, uh, there's no space for it. So it, again, it's being intentional, whether it's in your business or it's in your personal life. Because as a person, uh, we don't want to just be so stuck in our normal routines, just day-to-day stuff that life just happens to you. Uh, that's one thing Sandy and I have been saying lately is with, with COVID and all the changes for so long, like we were just surviving and life was happening to us, but we are really fighting to be intentional, to plan, to be strategic, uh, and, and to set goals so that we happen to life. I don't want life to be in control of me. I want to be in control of my life, but it doesn't happen when the whirlwind is out of control. You're just barely surviving and getting past and you're not making that space to think and to dream and to plan for tomorrow. And I think that's the thing that, we're re- we're really fighting right now is is creating that break to think. Uh, that's why I think like date nights in a marriage are so important. Or if you have a friend and you're able to get away with them and just go hang out, and it's like, oh, we're going to to get coffee or we're going to do whatever. This you're taking a break from the normalcy to get refreshed, and that's what happens in silence. That's what hap- is what what happens when we're working out. We're getting refreshed. And uh, that's why it's so important for for Hannah and I to go on dates because we need to take a break from the normalcy, from the kids that we love and adore and want the best for. But we also need to refresh each other, take a break, and and, and just spend time with each other. And that's when creative juices of, of hey, where, where, what does our marriage look like in the next 10 years? Where do we want to go? Where do we want to do with our kids? You know, we're, we're carving out that time. We're fighting for that time uh, to, to dream. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I'm, I'm more or less ready to wrap up. If you are, I've got a few uh, parting thoughts. Um, I think some ending tips that I wanted to talk through is, um, when, when you, one, when you find that time or you find that method, you need to protect it. 
You've got to protect it. Right now, I am not protecting the hours from like 5.30 to 6.30 a.m. Because I know for a fact, for me, that's when I can have some life-changing thinking happening. And right now, I'm not disciplined enough to do it. And that's on me. But I've got to, I've got to set some measures and some goals and some get some accountability so that I can get back to that place. So when you find that place, protect it. Yeah, I love that. For me, I think the takeaway for me is to turn off the noise. Mm. Um, for me, that is driving in silence. I am driving into work, uh, but I need to drive in silence. Some of Hannah and I, when we were early on in our relationship, when we were dating, some of our best times that w- when we, we spent together were just driving and talking. No radio on, no no friends in the car. N- nope, it was just her and I. And, and it was just that driving in silence and talking to each other that really drew us closer together, really uh, establish a great foundation of a relationship. So I just encourage you, drive in silence after you listen to our podcast, of course. Uh, and, <laughs> Got the noise. Yeah, and then the, this is this is the last thing I'd say, and we can, we can wrap it up after this, and that is be careful what you are consuming. Because if you're consuming someone that, or things that are just gonna drag you down, that are just not gonna be good for you to think about when there is silence, uh, that's detrimental because you can you can consume things that when it is silent, that negative thought, that negative whatever it is, is the thing that's going to be ringing loudest. Mm, that's good, Seth. When you are silent, yeah. so so because there are going to be things that are going to be surfacing up when you take that break, when you cut off that noise. Mm. So prepare yourself by being aware of what you're consuming that's it's really good it, it would it's it would stink to make that time and then it get devoured by some errant thought or some something that's negative uh, the last thing i want to share is um you need to get a rhythm in place to record these thoughts um if you have a, if you have a thought and you think oh i'll remember it you won't remember it and if you do you won't remember all of it or you won't get the wording exactly right to get that thought across so write it down get in the rhythm of writing it down whether it's on a pad whether it's on you know your notes on your iphone whatever it is you've got to write it down because you will forget i can't tell you how many ideas oh, was a thing and i was oh, and I, oh, oh, oh i don't remember anymore it was something about the, the, I think I made a note of it. No, I don't have a note. Well, dang, it's gone. It's gone. And so just just be disciplined to write it down. And maybe it's junk and maybe you'll throw it away, but maybe it's that next, maybe it's the next big thing and you don't want to miss it. I love that. So we hope this conversation uh, was encouraging to you and that you learn to cut out the noise, uh, cut yourself some slack and develop a discipline of silence. Thanks so much for listening. Mm-hmm.